Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'd like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 87th edition of the Don't Kill the Messages podcast. First thing we're about to do for the week is about to recap UFC 216. Uh, first fight that we're about to get into is Verdun uh, fighting Walt Harris. Uh, he was supposed to fight Derek Lewis, but last minute, Lewis... <clears throat> called it off due to an injury. Uh, so, Verdun went in there, fought Harris, went in there, just finished it quick, man. Uh, just what were your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, it was just kind of, it is what it is. You got, I mean, I was bummed we were supposed to get, but, uh, to at least see Verdun fight, even if it was only for a couple of minutes, yeah. but, uh, he did what he had to do. He, he was fighting somebody noticed that was a lesser opponent, so he went in there and got it. You know, props to him. Not gonna throw a parade for him. He did what was necessary. Yeah. Uh, just wondering. Uh, have you um seen Walt Harris uh fight before? Nope. Didn't okay. know him. Yeah. Madam. <laughs> yeah. Like he came in, I was like, yeah, who the hell is this guy? Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I did not know. Hey, pro- props to him for stepping up. Yeah. But, yeah. Especially no going up in there against a guy like Verdum. Uh, that's a guy that you do not want to take lightly, especially on short notice. So, um, I appreciate yeah. that. But yeah, Verdum just went in there, just ran through him real quick, got that, uh, quick, easy paycheck, man. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, I know, uh, Verdum's going to be on the, uh, short end of the stick soon because I was hearing that, um, mm-hmm. Mark Hunt pulled out of a fight due to an injury or something, so uh, I think he's going to be fighting short notice um, on the UFC Sydney card. So uh, he's going to be right back in there, I believe. So, well, up next, yeah, uh, up next, man, we're about to get right into your boy, uh, Mighty Mouse. Uh, Broke the record, man. Anderson Silva's uh, streak uh, for title defenses. Dude was just amazing, man. That was, that move, he, that arm bar, man, was just, that was ridiculous, dude. I, that just shows his greatness, man. But him, the, the, the timing and just how he just pulled that off, man, a move like that, that was just fantastic. He, yeah. he broke that record with a bang, uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, submission of the year, uh, yeah. finish of the year, possibly. If I had somebody to do something crazier than that, dude threw himself an alley. You don't know how you, yeah. <laughs> how you die. <laughs> yeah. That's a good you know, a testament. Yeah. 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 A testament to his greatness. Still, he, he made that look easy, but I mean, I don't think I could pull that off if I had somebody like willing to like leave their arm out for me to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> And I'm just like wondering too, because like, to like, I doubt he really like had an opportunity to, to pull that off during like training or something. I, I'm wondering like if he just like just, I don't know, man. Like the dude was just good, but he just decided that 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 one little second, or was just toying around and just try to pull it off or what. But that that was oh, insane. I, I, that had. It had to be on the fly. I got I don't like who thinks of that to like practice. Yeah. That, that just had to be <laughs> something. He was just 
oh, this guy's flailing. Let me catch his arm real yeah. quick. And perfect arm. Yeah. Just, just, yeah, just like I said, man, for him to, you know, pull it off, just the reaction and timing and everything that it takes to pull that off, man, um, just shows his greatness. Now, I got to ask you, man, um, a lot of people, he broke the record, but a lot of people still believe, you know, they still say, you know, this guy ain't fought nobody. He's fighting nothing but bones, yada, yada, yada. You know, he's still, he's going up in there. He's breaking the uh, record, still not headlining the uh, main event, um, you know, for that uh, card. So it's, um, you know, I get the uh, main event, the props that have some good uh, talented guys in there with Lee and Ferguson, but who, you know, those guys might not be able to, pursue a record like that uh with their career and then you know like i said djs is constantly getting overlooked and stuff like that man like just what would you say to those people that you know he's fighting up the good bombs i mean i honestly i think that just comes we can work up a streak like that yeah because even when was going through it a lot of people just started throwing out from the fight nobody's giving him a good fight because you know and it, fighter that's that great yeah yeah sorry they make they make things look effortless they make yeah. fighters that are really good look i mean all the people over just you know mopped up uh after he you know like who who gave him a close fight out of a outside of a basically sunning yeah and then the only other tough fight he had he lost and that was when that was the start of his decline. Yeah. So, oh, I think it just comes with the territory. If if you streak like that, people are gonna start saying, "Well, this is a watered down division," and blah blah. Like there, there's just not enough greats in there, top notch fighters. What could be true? Who could could not? But yeah. either if way, you watch, it's just hard to do, man. Like yeah. you, I don't care what division you're in, man. That's Just difficult yeah, you put down that that many. Yeah, you put down that many. Just that are. I mean, this isn't like I'm beating everybody in a three point kind. I'm to maim you basically. So if if you pull that off, more props to you. There's not much else you could say. Yeah. So, and just to think about it, man, this guy's 31. Uh, this guy still has some fights in him for sure. Um. It's just, it's scary how far he can take that streak, man. Like that, it, it really could be unbeatable, uh, when he gets done with that division. So. Oh yeah. He, he could add quite a few more wins to this if, if he stays in the division. So, yeah. but I guess, I guess that's in the onto that streak or does he start trying to go for the money fights now that he had? Yeah. Yeah, we kind of touched on it uh last week. Like, um, is there like anybody else that like came to your mind that you would like to see him fight? Or it's it's going to be rematches at this point. There's not anything that's going to be. I mean, if only one that was kind of interesting to me is Henry Cejudo. Uh, I think he's made some some growth since their first fight. Possibly be interesting. Yeah. To to see them outside of that, yeah, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, I feel the same way, man. Like I said, I would like to see uh, TJ can cut down there and uh, can fight him. Uh, I would love to see that. Um, but how it's looking, yeah, it's looking like it's just going to be nothing but uh, pure straight-up rematches for him. So uh, you just keep adding to that toe, uh, that uh, tally. Keep adding those tallies up because, man, he's, he's running through those guys, man. Yeah. All right, anything else to add for you, boy? No, just just put goat after his name when you speak it. Yeah. <laughs> you you still you you so you 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 think because uh, your boy's returning next month, uh, GSP. So you you think it's clear that he's better than GSP? The level of talent that, that DJ has shown in just through a division. Yeah, I, I think putting DJ at that one spot. Okay. Yeah, because I'm just wondering, man, because a lot of people, uh, I've been hearing people say, you know, if he could, uh, GSP, uh, if he could pull off that win against, um, Bisping, you know, for him to move up and wait and be off those four years, I believe, uh, they could argue that he's number one. Uh, but, you know, for, I, I can agree with you, man. Like with DJ, just how he's just running through guys, just pulling off amazing finishes and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's hard to just, uh, Say it against the guy because, like I said, man, the guy could literally do anything in there. You know, he could knock you out, uh, set up those alley oops in the ring, like you were just talking about. Like the guy could do anything, man. So it's dudes and beasts. And I'll be impressed because of the layoff, but most people's opinion is Bisping is probably the most beatable champion in the UFC. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think that's controversial to say that. Yeah. So I wouldn't be like just here. I I think he's favored to win this fight. It's not like he's going into that fight like it's a tall task. Yeah. I think he should, if fights smart like he always has, he should beat Bisping easy. But I mean, if he starts defending and going against some of those other top and and gets W's, then then we can readdress the argument. Yeah. I I can agree with that for sure. <clears throat> now, up next, uh, got to touch on Kevin Lee versus Tony Ferguson, man. Um, I thought, man, Lee, you know, we was talking last week, you know, I thought Ferguson was going to be able to get him um, just due to uh, his experience, which he did, but how, how Lee started off, man, I thought that was just his to win because uh, when it came to the third round, Tony Ferguson looked uh, kind of tired to me, man. And Lee was took him down, but like I said, that experience. Tony Ferguson, he uh, it's nothing he hasn't seen up in the ring, man. And he pulled through. He pulled that uh, choke out on him and uh, won the interim title. So uh, just good on his part, man. But Lee, uh, I, I definitely think that guy's uh, gonna be uh, taking over that division soon. He just needs a lot to learn, but he. He went in there and handled business. I thought he was going to pull it off, man, but Tony Ferguson pulled it off with that experience. Uh, just what do you think yeah. us on that? Kevin Lee definitely came to fight. Uh, he, he brought, you know, was looking really good in that fight, but yeah, and then just the fighter, the guy that has been on a crazy streak, got a chance to do on the belt. Uh, yeah, uh, he pulled off the. I mean, 
I think I believe that's what I said. Even though was, I think I picked Ferguson, but yeah. I, I thought it would be a late late submission by that. That's what we got. Yeah. So I was uh, very surprised uh, how Lee was just able to just take him down and uh, work him uh, a little bit up in the uh, up in the fight. And you know, like I said, I really thought he was going to pull it off, man. But Tony Ferguson pulled through and uh, got the W. I just, I just want to know, man. I'm wondering how in the hell did they allow Ferguson to fight him with that staff infection, dude? I, I thought they was probably call it off, man. That staff infection is no joke. Well, and, I mean, that's that's where it goes. Where I mean, it, as much as some of these places want to talk about fighter safety and all that kind of stuff, it's a joke. True. You got somebody cutting weight trying to get down to a uh, an acceptable fight weight and he's doing this with a staph infection i mean yeah. he could have killed himself yeah so and oh, i this, was uh there was this one fighter this, too man i don't think no if you saw it but um i don't think uh he was actually on the ufc i think it was like one of their like uh partner companies or something um and but like he like cut weight and like uh the dude literally this his trainers needed to help him get up on a scale in order to make uh for him to weigh himself like he it looked like he could have just dropped dead man it, it was just horrible but yeah back to you were saying man with the safety you know they try to make it seem like it's uh like they care a lot about the fighter safety and stuff but something like that it definitely shows that they don't yeah i mean especially and you're doing you're doing a weigh-in i mean yeah they have 24 hours back. So the situation you're talking about, he has to be helped onto a scale. Yeah. And you expect him to be conditioned in 24 hours? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it was just crazy, man. It was like, because uh, when, when he, uh, when Lee weighed himself, like, I saw the, like, little mark on his chest. Um, I didn't really think it was nothing. Um, at first, I thought it was maybe. You know him wrestling or something. He got a little uh, bump of bruise or something. But then, yeah, Joe Rogan called it out. I'm sitting there like, wow. Like, uh, you know, I could see if this was like boxing or something, man. But when you like wrestling and dude laying on top of you, I, I, if I was Tony Ferguson, I would have said, no way, man. Like, I, yeah, that that staff infection is no joke at all. But you know, nah, I, w- I wouldn't want no parts of fighting anybody after I've gotten over a staph infection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, so I would just like to see, uh, you know, what's next with Ferguson. Will he, will uh, him and Connor, will that be his next uh, fight? Connor's next fight, will it be Ferguson? Or, you know, what's Connor going to do um, with his first fight back? Because, you know, people saying uh, Diaz, some people want him to fight Khabib. Uh, you know, he has this option of fighting, uh, you know, Ferguson, uh, to see who's a true champ and so forth. So, uh, it'd just be interesting to see, uh, you know, how long Ferguson might have to wait, um, in order to get, uh, fight Conor McGregor. Yeah. I mean, I think the question on everybody's mind is, does Conor actually man up and come back and fight or yeah. is, is he retiring off of that? Floyd fight, yeah, or try to take one more big fight in the in the boxing world. Yeah. So, I, those kind of problems. Yeah. Tony Ferguson, 
person. I, I just think that's the, probably the worst matchup he could get <laughs> if he wanted to come back. Yeah. Uh, he, he would trying to drop back down and go, I might still have the size. Yeah. Even though that's somebody he fought and couldn't finish. Yeah. Like, uh, it's tough for him either. I'm, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if he wants those further some problems. Okay. Yeah. I, I can, I can definitely agree with that, man. Cause like I said, Ferguson looked good. Uh, you know, uh, he fought a Kevin Lee, man. I think Kevin Lee's the future. Uh, you know, him going, being young, 25 years old getting that spotlight fighting for the championship, uh, you know, can add some pre-fight jitters, uh, especially with that staff infection, too. Um, it was definitely his. Uh, it looked like it was his to win, man. But like I said, Ferguson uh, pulled through. So uh, just going to be interesting to see with this whole waiting and everything like that because I think uh, we, we didn't touch on it last week, but um, I think it was a year. He took it a year off before he fought uh, Kevin Lee. And then, you know, it, it, he, he could be doing it again with Conor McGregor. So, uh, mm-hmm. Conor Smart, you know, I, I think he should, uh, you know, take Diaz or maybe even, uh, just call it quits, you know, uh, but Ferguson, that feels a beast. He's definitely going to cause problems for him for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, man. Uh, you got anything else to add for, uh, UFC? No, I was saying. The top of the card looked pretty. I wish we would have got that heavyweight fight, but you know, I was happy with the fights. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right, up next, we're about to touch into some NCAA football for a quick second. Uh, we got to touch on this Michigan State versus University of Michigan game. Uh, what are you guys thoughts on this game? Well. Uh, uh, go green, first off. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Desmond Howard. For, uh, you know, giving, giving just that extra, extra little nudge that, you know, state needs. We, we play best when at, at somebody. That, at that point, at that point, think Braylon Edwards too, because he was a little bit. Yeah, that's true. He, he was running his, but he, he did a lot of whining this week after, too. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get to him over later. <laughs> I, I, I think that was, I think, dumb move number one with some of the former Wolverines. Just on the rivalry, like it's not one, which, I mean, is odd when you've lost at, the, at, at that point seven of the last nine games. Uh, since, since Antonio got there, why do you act like it's not a rivalry just because maybe when you were there, you won most of them? Yeah. Because, up and, I mean, I, I, I wonder if that does go to the program. Do, like, if, if you're not getting amped up for a game like this where you know the other team is coming at your head. But, uh, but back to, to my school, they played, they played up. Uh, when the weather was good, they, they were moving the ball themselves up a 14-3 then when the, the monsoon came yeah, it turned into straight up 1950s Big Ten football where it was just <laughs> running all around and hit the ball off <laughs> yeah <laughs> no throw. and then on the defensive side uh, I think if you would have watched that game you would have had trouble 
the number one defense in the country uh, for that game. Uh, they, they, they got after the, they took advantage of a poor line, which, uh, ha- has been brought up about Michigan. Uh, they got in there, they made like if hell of Oakhorn, they wouldn't allow the running game in the, to get much room. And, and, you know, big ups to, to Joe Bocci and, and David Dow getting and causing turnovers. Uh, uh, they, but he did their job. The, uh, oh, did just enough to win. It only took two touchdowns. Uh, of, you know, the, looking at this game at first, I, I thought I was thinking more like 17 or 20 might be the magic number, but it, it was, it was 14. 14 points yeah. in that game. And, you know, there was still some stuff to clean up. Um, uh, you know, I, I think, I think it very well could have probably should have been, uh, seven. To 21 to three at the half, but it was a big, big drop by Tristan Jackson. So, round good game. It was a statement statement win for for Michigan State. Uh, that this is not last year's team. They're back playing cohesive so football. Uh, I'm not saying that like ship right now or anything like that, but this this was a necessary win to show that. They bounce back from three and nine, and then they're a formidable football team again. And, mm-hmm. and I'll close it out with uh, uh, asking Trey. <laughs> For those who don't know, <laughs> Trayon loves to text Darnell and say that uh, <laughs> maybe Michigan State needs to fire D'Antonio. Um, <laughs> and, and that's the nice way of putting it. Uh, so that's, uh, definitely Darnell putting his two cents in there. But, uh, I, I I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. Uh, um, Michigan State took advantage of Michigan's deep, most vulnerable, and that is it's in the first half. Every game Michigan has played this year, the defense <clears throat> lets it up, uh, score a touchdown or two. And then the second half is when they turn it on. That's, uh, all, that, that's been the story all year. I mean, uh, losing to Purdue with the half, gave up 14 to Cincinnati in the first half. If I'm, and I think Michigan has had, at least going into that, two leads at halftime in four games. And I think even those leads were by less than 10 points. Uh, so Michigan State took advantage of Michigan's first half defense being the side that lets it up. Uh, Lewerke's feet, which we talked about, were uh, scored a touchdown with his feet. Uh, I believe it was like a 15 to 20 yard run or something like that. But, uh, it was a really good run, and the defense just didn't pick him up. They ran, which you know we were texting, and you said that they're kind of their own character, uh, which which is what it takes in a game like this. You have to questioning what's coming. Uh, uh, Michigan State did that. Michigan did not even come close to doing that at all. Well, granted, they did that in the second half when the rain came. They decided to try and throw it. Well, the Michigan State. Defense was wondering, are they still going to try and throw it? Uh, but, um, you know, uh, 
clearly the best player on the offense. Uh, Bocce and Dow, Dowell or Mick Dowell? Dowell. Dowell. Yeah, Mick Dowell is a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Dowell twin. Uh, Andrew is the linebacker. David is the safety. No, that's, that's, yep. Yep. So David Dowell, Joe, they were the two best players on the defensive side of the ball. It seemed like their name was being called every other play, uh, making some impact on it or another. Um, you know, like you said, the O-line uh, uh, let uh, go in the second half. I think Lewerke had a pretty decent-sized run of 12 yards or so. I remember which running back it was, but had about a 20 to 30-yard run. Madre at London. one point, Madre London, yeah. Um, just two. Now, granted, neither turned in. Only had one or two first downs in the second half, but it's just the fact that they're and any play for positive yards was good for for either team. And, and um, for sure, yes. So definitely credit where credits due. Michigan State stuck to running the football in the second half, which is by far the smart thing to do when the rain's falling. Side. Um, I'll get out of the ball chose to do here in a second, but yeah, just smart play calling. Uh, Michigan State it loves the chip on their shoulder. Um, me, plenty of chip. Uh, you know, a lot of, well, I, I won't say Michigan gave it to them, but Michigan associations yeah. gave it to them. Um, you know, cause, you know, in reality, Harbaugh, the football team itself did a really good job of trying to keep it, you know, hush, hush, keep it to the game. Harbaugh smart enough to know you don't want to give them. Um, and other people decided to give it to him, I guess. Uh, but hey, you know, it was, it's a rivalry game. We always say anything happens in rivalry games. Uh, and Michigan State looked like they wanted like I said, the second half, it's tough to do anything, period, when it's raining like that. But they looked like they wanted it in the first half while Michigan was kind of lollygagging expecting something to happen without making it happen. Michigan goes, uh, I am pissed at whoever decided to call the plays in the second half because and you're the guy who throws one the ball, you're and the same guy who's thrown two interceptions to pass the ball, and then you're asking a guy who goes who throws a third interception to still pass the ball. Granted, there, nothing was really happening with the run game, but was causing turnovers. Like, why are we continuing to give them the ball when we need to score? Like that that just didn't make a lot of sense to me at all. Now, does that fall on the offensive coordinator? Yeah, absolutely. Does that fall in Harbaugh? Yeah, absolutely. That falls on everybody involved with that offense. That falls on O'Corn for saying throwing the ball's not working. Let's do something else. Like, granted, I understand as a player, it's tough to tell your coach that and it's not working. That's not really what a player does. But as the leader of the offense, as a quarterback, you need to say something like, this isn't working. Let's uh, just totally inexcusable play calling. Um, that they continue to try and throw the ball. Uh, you know, one pick, all right, it happens. Second pick, you start asking questions. 
third pick, you just put your hands in your head and ask what's happening. Um, you know, granted, first half, the offense didn't really show up either. Uh, I give the D defense a lot of credit. You only give up 14 points in a rivalry game. Said it to you guys. The stronghold of that team to the defense be the defense. The offense is what needs to catch up big time. Uh, I still think that defense is one of the better defenses around. Uh, and I, I truly firmly believe it. It's just that offense isn't anywhere close to where this defense is. And that's why Michigan won't be competing for a Big Ten championship and they won't be competing for spot in the playoff. That offense is year defenses exactly where to put the fault. It's, it's tough to pinpoint one thing when the offensive line's not doing a good job and your quarterback's throwing, uh, all this and that. And that's the logical me talking. Like the illogical me would, and call it an excuse if you want. You know, you could say you're missing your number one wide receiver in Tariq Black. You're missing your starting quarterback in Wilton Spate, but it's not like win experience, you know, you're basically fetal position. Like that's, that wasn't the case here. Even though those are factors, that's, it wasn't the case. Uh, rain was a factor, but Michigan wasn't even looking good before the rain offensively. So a lot of things went wrong, right? Uh, you know, the, you know, I think the, the touchdown to, to Lewerke, he was weaker than the screen pass. Uh, the screen pass was just a really good play. Misdirection that led to a screen pass with three or four blockers. Like that was a really good play and they scored. All right. You, you, you give that one, but, uh, yeah, offensively, Michigan just has a lot of, a lot of negatives happening for them. Well, defensively, they have a lot of, uh, two, I think you can, Maybe point two as to why Michigan lost one because the one point is, uh, the offense is just years behind. And I think that's everybody sees it, but it, it's almost, it almost feels like the more you keep the Michigan offense on the field, the better chance you have at winning. <laughs> like that's hard to imagine, but that just seems like it's the case right now. Like let Michigan's offense lose it for them. Secondly, and, and I can't remember if I. Actually, either of you guys this, but I was talking about it with my brother and my dad. I said, Michigan got to basically pick the time in that game. They chose prime time. They chose under the lights. And I wonder if ahead to a night game at Penn State. They just looked straight past Michigan State and said the game at Penn State because that's the one that'll guide our future. Like I, a part of me feels like they look straight past Michigan State. Inexcusable. Um, I, I really want to know if that was a discussion night game and we're choosing to look ahead because it feels like that was the case, especially with Penn State being in the situation that they're in, but no, no excuse for, um, you can point to things being factors, but there's really no excuse. Uh, you shouldn't have been down 14 to three and a half. Uh, granted, you had a touchdown called back on a holding penalty, but don't hold the guy but you know whatever uh is what it is they lost the game michigan state's one eight out of ten uh michigan needs to go to the drawing board on that one 
I covered it all, man. <laughs> uh, just a question for you, Darnell. Uh, well, did you have something to say to that? Oh, no, what were you about to ask? Oh, I was about to ask you, uh, you know, Tyler basically, um, you know, said it like he doesn't believe they could, uh, challenge for the Big Ten or anything like that. Um, just how do you feel about state, man? You think they, uh, could get that Big Ten, uh, uh, championship this year or you still think, uh, they're not ready yet or what? Like, how you feeling about the state team? Uh, so they just broke the, I mean- uh, just got into the top 25 this week, so. But up at the time, I'm here, you know, try. Like, we're not expecting the moon off of one win against. So, I mean, I'm not not trying to degrade your team or anything type. It's just a team that I didn't feel was worthy of being in the top 10, honestly. Uh, uh, just to begin on, this, to start the season off? I just, I just, I know there's high hopes for them, but I mean, I think anybody inside the state that saw how much that team lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, we gotta well, talk well, about the, uh, like the Brady yeah, Hope, uh, it, comparisons yeah. too. Like their numbers are pretty similar. Yeah, r- r- real quick, Trey. Right, cool. Yeah, go ahead, man. You know, and I agree with Darnell. I remember telling the first preseason rankings came out that high. Um, now, granted, they moved actually, uh, what was it, four, four wins in five weeks, and they really only moved up like one or two spots. Like, and I think that was even, um, you know, who, whoever hole, just knowing that Michigan still had to prove something. Yeah, they beat Florida, but they beat Florida and didn't move up in the rankings. Or, you beat another top 15 opponent week one while a lot of other people are playing cupcake once. Yeah. The, who actually know what Michigan's doing isn't really until it can show longevity and they show anything ranking to 17. Uh, I, granted, I think Michigan's a top 15 team, but. When I think everything's said and done, if they if they can end the season at nine and three, I'd expect them to be you know probably right about where they are right now. But yeah, I, I'm with Darnell. I don't think top ten was worthy of this team showing at all. Okay. And and, and I would have even said that over the last couple of weeks with the offensive struggles, I would have just said, "Hey, think you're lucky stars. You are where you are." And they. All right, guys. Uh, anything else that? Yeah. yeah do, you, do, do, do you want me to talk about the break? Oh, yeah. Go but, ahead, man. What's, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, at least Brady Hoke had a couple wins over Ohio State and Michigan State. <laughs> Three. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, just uh, the idea that Hoke Jim Harbaugh had the same record through 31 games in Michigan, four and seven. Um, I mean, disheartening because a lot of, uh, but I also think a lot of that fall 
falls on the fault of ourselves. We gave Harbaugh very high expectations. You know, I think a lot of people were expecting playoff and three. I think this team is at least two years away from a, a from a for a Big Ten championship. Uh, I think it'll quarterback the throw in next year because next even younger than they are now. Uh, but to the comparisons, yeah, it kind of sucks because, you know, Brady Harbaugh, or Brady Harbaugh, Brady Hoke, coach without a head. Yeah. Like, that's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, yeah, just whatever. They have the same records. That doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Uh, just because I think you need to some actual time. Uh, I, Kind of feel like Hoke got a little bit worse as the years went on. Like that first second year, Hoke won. He won the Sugar Bowl. Uh, as to where you know Harbaugh won a New Year's Six game first year, I believe. Uh, but you know, either either way, I I still think Harbaugh. I think saying he needs to be on the hot seat's ridiculous. Um, who else are you going to go get? Yeah. Ball. It has has to be less. It's not less miles than. And honestly, you need to stick it out. Yeah, it sucks losing, but he's led you to three nine win seasons, and a lot of programs would kill for that. Yeah. Go. All right. Up next, we're about to get into some NFL. Uh, first thing I'm about to touch on is Adrian Peterson. Uh, he was asked about the whole, uh, Arizona, uh, trade, uh, situation. And one of his responses was, thank you, Jesus. Um, I bet he was pretty happy because it looked like that whole, uh, New Orleans thing was just doomed from the start, uh, to be honest. But, uh, what do you guys think about this whole Adrian Peterson trade? And will we possibly see the beast, uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, return? Uh, would this be his chance for his revival? Well, I mean, it was it was a trade that needed to happen. Uh, it, it seemed like a, a bad fit when it happened, and it came to fruition. That was a uh, with trying to put him with the Saints. So, uh, win for both parties, meaning AP and the Saints. Uh, Sean Payton doesn't have to worry about any types of issues with people asking about Grumpy on the sideline, giving him death stares. And AP gets to go somewhere where he might get a chance to align and share carries, which is the type of back he is. He needs his 20-some carries. Do I think he turns back in AP? I just I, just, I think that that ship is shit. Say, <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I don't think we. I don't think all day is there anymore. He's he's Adrian Peterson. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's not. He went from all day to part time pretty quick. <laughs> but in all in all honesty, though, like if you if you look at where Arizona thrives as an offense, it's with a pass catching back, and that is not who Adrian Peterson is. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Johnson is one of those 
running drive both in between the tackles and and on the outside in a pass catching situation. I mean, look at running backs like Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook. You know, sad for Dalvin Cook that he had to get hurt. Killing it, Dalvin Cook's killing it. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I type back, and that's just not who Adrian Peterson is. So it's it's almost like when the tackles for Adrian Peterson, he's useless. Alvin Kamara passed him up. Uh, that's why Mark Ingram is more valuable than he is. And with the struggles that Arizona's had offensively, I I just don't really see him being an answer at all. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know how well it's going to work out there because backs that have a little more pass catch ability even behind David Johnson. I mean, they, they tried Chris Johnson and <laughs> it really didn't work him. out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, I just really don't see what they're going to get out of a, a Adrian Peterson. Actually, if, uh, once other teams get used to formations that they're going to run out of because Adrian Peterson's not going to, in my estimation, he's not going to be running out of shotgun packages. It's going to be mostly traditional run running in play formation, so they're just going to load up, and you know, he he was only getting two yards of carry at last days in Minnesota. He was only getting two, three yards of carry with a little bit of run he got in New Orleans. I just think that's what he is right now. He's he's not he's not the Adrian Peterson we remember. That I mean, he was he was a freak of nature at his at his peak. You know, coming back from ACL injuries in less than a year and I hurt, but you know, father time never loses, especially when you're running back. Yeah. Um, and it, isn't it kind of bizarre though that Chris Johnson comes out, says Adrian Peterson, he's the guy from Peterson. <laughs> yeah, he gets the boot. Yes. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, it's, it's just funny, but, but it's also, you know, granted, I think they're both perfect examples of father time at all. And it left them just about as fast as they got it. So, and that's uh, usually how it is with running backs. You fall off a cliff. It's, there's no gradual decline outside short, of, yeah. I think short Frank, shelf life. Yeah. I think Frank Gore might be the only running back I've seen like gradually get worse. Yeah. Yeah. But very, very short shelf, shelf life for uh, running backs these days. But, yeah, I, you know, I think we all just agree that he's just, uh, especially with today's NFL period, not just Arizona. I mean, it's sad to say, but unless he's going to be a goal line vulture where he just steals touchdown from the guy that does the work, I don't see him doing a whole lot. Yeah. Gotta have hands in this day and age with the NFL. That seems to be the, like you were saying, the, New way with uh, NFL backs. I mean, if, if you look at who are considered the top three backs as of last year, I mean, some some of that might change with how this new crop is is coming up. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you look at you look at Le'Veon. He mm-hmm. he lines up up in receiver packages. You look at Zeke Elliott, in four or five balls a game, forty or fifty yards. Mm-hmm. he does everything up until injury so yeah it's just 
that's what it takes to be an elite running back in, in this NFL right now. Uh, and AP is basically a, a fossil when it comes to that. All right, guys, speaking of running backs, um, must we got to touch on Ezekiel Elliott and this uh, whole suspension um, issue. Uh, just what are you guys' thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott and this just coming out again today? You know, it's another breaking news story on him uh, with this whole six-game suspension. Well, I mean, we knew this was going to be a fight. Uh, the NFL wasn't just going to allow – that injunction to stay, so they were going to appeal. Now the this is a tennis match. The ball is back on, on the Cowboys slash Zeke Elliott side to make the next move. Uh, they do have, I guess, to get something done. They they aren't playing this week, so they have to do whatever they, they want to do. But uh. uh I mean, I'll just say it now. They, they're having a rough year. If if they have to go to the next six games without Zeke Elliott, I don't, I don't see it getting too much better. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, especially mid-season. It's tough. Like it would have at least been different if they lost him for the first six games, because you know they they could say you know something along the lines of if we can at least go three and three. We can still make a strong push to win the division. Uh, if we go two and four, we can still make a strong push for the wild card. Uh, you know, the, the season would have been a whole lot different. Uh, but in turn, you know, the ruling coming down now, now, uh, I don't know. It just seems like Cowboys are going into a bye week, uh, which would give them them extra time to prepare for not having him. I mean, that's probably just coincidental. I'm not saying that that's on purpose or anything like that. I'm not some conspiracy theorist here. But to me, it's just the idea that, like I said before, there, there's not a ton of evidence going against Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, we were all very skeptical at first. Uh, even of the suspension to begin with, but, uh, you know, a part of me feels like we've known about this for what seems like a long time now. And the fact that it couldn't get settled, started just seems like it just adds a huge distraction. And, and I feel like that's what the NFL kind of thrives on, or granted the world in general right now is just thriving off of just things distracting us from bigger pictures of the Cowboys, it's just, you know, this Ezekiel Elliott looming suspension is just it's distracting the team from season goals. And it's it's sad to see that because this Cowboys seem to be really good. Dak Prescott's turned into more than a lot of people thought he could have possibly turned into and definitely turning into it way sooner than anybody thought. But it's just a distraction that's, you know, hurting the Cowboys. All right, guys. Uh, oh, well, you you got something else to add? If this if this stands, uh, their season could be shot. Yeah. It, do, do we know what their upcoming schedule is by chance? Uh, they got San Fran coming out of the bye. I know. Okay. But uh, let me see if I can pull it up real that. quick. Uh, because I mean, it's gonna be the a lot of. It. 
Football games. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got it right here. Cause they, they play the Niners out of the bye. Then they go Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Falcons. The Redskins, Chiefs, Falcons, <laughs> Eagles, Chargers. So they, they got, uh, uh, games. But, you know, one of another game against the best team in the NFL right now. Second one against top five team. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a prick. It's not a pretty stretch. That's for sure. Yeah. At least they're one and oh in the division. All right, guys. Uh, talk some more about the Cowboys. Uh, about to get into is, uh, Jerry Jones. Uh, he's been talking about, uh, he's going to bench players, um, if they decide to kneel for the anthem. Um, just what are you guys' thoughts on this? Um, Whole situation. Players in a, a terrible situation. Yeah, he, for for a guy who's a player's owner, <laughs> not doing a great job there. Yeah, I mean, for him to, you know, now is clearly a sham of a show of unity with the team uh, a couple weeks ago. Where yeah, kneeling before they kneeled together yeah. before the anthem. Yeah, and then. On and now he comes and throws this edict down, uh, especially you know this happens. News starts coming up, but you know he apparently talked with the team and everything and tried to tell them he has their back. And then you go do this. A lot of players on the team probably feel like that's not having my back. If if I agree with what uh, the, these protests are about, you don't have my back. Then you're you're telling me I'm not allowed to to. Uh, to show what I believe. Uh, I think it also is a little murky just because uh, like, if you look at it from an employer-employee has the ability to tell players to express political views or, or what but not, but this one is a little more murky because then self can be looked at as a political act. He's technically forcing his, his political stand yep. on his, his legal, honestly. So <laughs> I really don't yeah. know where, how, how to get away with that. Yeah. If, uh, if somebody wants, to file suit or do something or or call his bluff and and kneel and see if he didn't play him because I, I think that would put that would put uh Jerry in the world to hurt on his own. Well, for me, I, I guess it just kind of lays down to the statement I kind of interrupted her now. But for a guy that's been deemed a player's owner, uh, he he's kind of falling short of that uh, accolade right now. I mean, I think we see Jerry Jones to the NFL, uh, uh, kind of big time and in contradicting ways. You know, the NFL wants this unity talk and he goes out and takes the knee before the anthem. You know, the, the NFL is, you know, seeing a little bit of a dip in the ratings and sponsors are starting to pull out. So now he's starting to do whatever message preaches bringing the sponsors back. <laughs> and it's, it just seems like it's a contradicting message and, you know, just 
whatever is going to help the NFL out the most, you know, be fighting for the money now more than anything else. And, you know, for me, whether you believe it's right, whether you believe it's wrong, that's for you to decide. But as for me, it just has to be about consistency. It needs to be consistency from the top down. And I don't care what you choose to do. Just be consistent. Jerry Jones is being very inconsistent. Yep. You can't, you can't be with your players one week and. Oh yeah. You're right. Bell line the next. And You're right. I'm going to work out. And, you know, with all the Cowboys have been dealing with like our last topic, this is not going to help things. Uh, nope. yeah, I, don't, I don't know if he thought just trying to do a hard line thing like this was going to, uh, end the issue. I think all he did was cause another uh, distraction where basically players against management. If, if what they, uh, I mean, I think there's definitely better ways to go about this. Uh, I guess they did have a eating of some sort yesterday once all this broke. Try it. And just the fact that they had to have a secondary meeting after this edict came down shows that players weren't too happy about this. Yeah. <clears throat> and one that a owner that most players that play for him like and feel like he looks out for them, but in this case it's not showing yeah. it's looking out for his bottom line and, and looking out for his his relationship with the president. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, uh, anything else to add for that? Be consistent. There you go. Yeah. All right, up next, uh, we're going to talk about uh, just Big Ben and Tom Brady. Uh, just what do you guys think about their performances uh, so far for this year? <laughs> very, very mediocre to bad. <laughs> I, and I, I would say... Brady's been on the mediocre side. You know, I don't think we've looked at Tom Brady and said he's, uh, but we've definitely seen him take a step back, especially from last season. Uh, put that on a number of things. You could put it on his age. Uh, you could put it on they had a long postseason run, but then they missed the first four games of the season, so it's like it's like a regular season. Uh, but it just looks like. Like time off. Yeah. I think it's a little soon to better time because this weekend throw five touchdowns, zero interceptions, and everyone wants the Brady's back. But for Ben Roethlisberger, has any quarterback ever thrown five? <laughs> we all agree. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense looks like real, real things. <laughs> like they don't look like they're a doormat. Uh, they actually have talent. They actually have players, and they, they're looking good. Uh, you know that kind of like Michigan football. That offense has some work to go, <laughs> Blake Bortles. But uh, you know that that defense looks like there's something serious to talk about. Uh, this one thing too, real you quick, know, man. But, uh, 
you know, a whole Big Ben, you know, just last week, you know, he was calling out like Antonio Brown talking about, you know, he's such a distraction or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know, like, okay, what's your excuse for this? You know, but, uh, you know, you call out your teammates and stuff like that. And then you oh, just throw well, them well, out. Well, the, the dumb thing about it is he kind of came out and said, well, maybe his time's up with that and says, oh, I'm not, I'm not giving up. Yeah. It's like, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> like nah, do, do, do you even know what you're talking about now? And it just, Ben Roethlisberger's had a very bad season, which is very inexcusable considering you're throwing the ball to Le'Veon Bell, you're throwing the ball to Antonio Brown, and you have a players and a tight end that are very more than serviceable in the NFL. And just Ben, Ben Roethlisberger needs to figure it out, get his head outside of where the sun don't shine, and, and because he's better than this, we all know he's better. Yeah. Just confident. So I think the difference is between Roethlisberger and Brady. Is Brady still has the confidence? It's just not clicking. Roethlisberger just doesn't have confidence. Therefore, it's not. I think confidence could definitely take an uptick for Big Ben. Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to be sticking up for Tom Brady here. Uh, <laughs> but I guess as far as their performances, I, I would say polar opposites. Uh, I think Brady's still reasonably at a game one against Kansas City. He he he, uh, he looked rough that day for sure. Uh, it, it was I was wondering after that game. And it, it looked like a 40 year old man was coming up. But I mean, if you look at his numbers, yards, I think that's tops in the NFL and 11 TDs to one interception. Uh, there, uh, eight, eight yards per attempt. So he's, he's up near the top of the league in, in passing statistics, but the Patriots have a lot of issues going on right now. Uh, Talking about Michigan, the Patriots O line is garbage. Uh, yeah. Brady's getting hit a lot, which, uh, you know, the, the recipe for pretty much any quarterback, if you want to beat him, is hit him. Yep. And if, if you can, if you can start laying helmets on, on quarterbacks, they start seeing ghosts and up and they get the ball out faster than they should. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's, that's some of the issue where it looks more like Brady is having a rough year. Where he's actually doing decent, but that team is bad, and and their defense can't stop anybody. Yeah, that defense is so terrible. So, I think more Brady's problems are more so Patriot problems. Where is is another story? I mean, uh, I wonder, like for the, for the statement when he came out and said, "Maybe I don't have it." Like. You know, did he have did he have a shot of liquor before saying that because it felt like he he was speaking some truth and didn't think about it for himself and it, it would have had to have been more than a shot he, well I'm just saying yeah uh, yeah but, but yeah he he just does not look like a good quarterback especially like like Ty mentioned with with all the weapons he has around him uh you, you know you you have a a top three receiver you have a top three running back you have a a young other couple receivers that that look good. Uh, Martavis Bryant's looked good a- after coming back off of the suspension. Yet Ben, uh, 
I mean, Antonio Brown didn't need to have the reaction he had on the sideline, but but damn it, he was wide open and, <laughs> and Ben just missed it. I mean, he, he that was a touchdown. So I mean, I, I after seeing how he's performed, kind of just things boiling over where it's like maybe Ben is losing a little bit of it. He's not going through progressions the way he should. He's not reading coverages the way he should because yeah. if we remember before the year, he was questioning retirement. Yeah? Yeah, true. And, you know, with, with certain sports where you t- thinking about retirement, you should probably retire because football, boxing, MMA, that you go in there half-hearted because yeah. it's likely to get you hurt or you're going to look real bad. Yeah. And and Ben, you have a style where you hold the ball too long, you, you wait in the pocket and you take hits. And if you're not making the right decisions and you're still going to take punishment like that playing, it's probably the better choice that you call it a day. So yeah. I'm wondering if this is the last season we see Ben Roethlisberger playing. All right, guys. Um, anything else uh, to add for the NFL uh, before we get into the pickums? Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. Uh, we're about to get right into the pickums. Uh, we're going to start off with um, the NFL. Uh, for the NFL, I'm 13 for 28. Ty's 14 for 28. And Darnell, 16 for 28. Uh, the first game we're about to get into is Detroit versus New Orleans. I'll roll with the D on this one. Yeah. Uh, 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 because New Orleans is always tough at home, no matter how bad they are. That's a tough one. That's, man. Uh, but I think the Lions defense will be able to make a play or two. Uh, New Orleans defense cannot, so give me sure. I'm not sure about Matt Stafford's health, so I'm going to go <laughs> with the Saints. Good news. Banerlowski retired, so that's got to be good luck somewhere, right? <laughs> okay, we'll see. Yeah. Up next, we got Tampa versus Arizona. Who you guys got? Yeah, give me Tampa. Uh, I think this could be kind of a trap-ish type game, but but I think Tampa's got it. Yeah, I'm going with the Bucks, especially Same since they got here. Doug Martin back. They got some clock control back from Doug Martin. Yeah. All right. I got the same. Uh, so next, uh, we have the Chargers versus Oakland. Uh, this will be tough. Is Derek, Derek, is Derek Carbon ruled out yet? I haven't seen. Cause I, I, seen. I also saw that he's been practicing. So back sooner than a lot of people thought. Uh, but with that, give me the, give me the Chargers. I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Uh, Rocking with the Raiders as well. So. And last but not least, we got the Rams versus Jacksonville. Give me Jacksonville. I don't think I've ever picked them. (laughs) I'm going with the Rams here. I think this is one team where. 
keep the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands isn't going to work. I think they're going to have to throw the ball if they want to beat the Rams. Mm-hmm. That, that defense is a little too nasty to just rely on Leonard Fournette. Uh, I go with Jacksonville, man. I had a defense stepping up again this week and then pulling it through in a close one. So, all right, we're about to move to NCAA. Um, for NCAA, Ty is 19 for 35, Darnell's 18 for 35, and I'm 22 for 35. So, get extra points for being the only person to pick state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can give yourself a pat on the back for that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, first game we got, we have Army versus Eastern Michigan. Jeez. Uh, give me Army. I'm going to go local. Give me Eastern. <laughs> I'll go Army as well, man. Uh, I, I, although, Trey, I will say, I asked for it. And I love these oddball picks. They're fun. Yeah. Up next, we got another Michigan squad. We got Toledo versus Central Michigan. Who do you guys got? Stay local on the this one. I'll, I'll, my, my dad's on my take the chips. Oh, your dad's a, a chip? <laughs> yeah, he got his master's degree from there. Okay, well, undergrad from chips. Yep, yeah. under, undergrad from OU. Yeah, your dad got like 20 degrees, so. Two, but same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you say you got Central well, 2, Darnell? With the Rockets. Okay. Some good old Mac football. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm gonna rock, rock with Toledo. So, yes. Well, so. Then, up next we have Appalachian State versus Idaho. Yo, yo, Trey, you may know this. Does, uh, Caden Ellis still play for Idaho? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I I believe so. You gonna rock with them then? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll pick the potato school. Yeah, I'll I'll pick Idaho. I'm going with Idaho. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go with uh App App State. So, uh, what were you about to say, Tom? I'm gonna look up that Idaho. I'm gonna look up that football roster though, just to yeah. I think he's a DN or linebacker. Ah, Christian. So. Christian Ellis is playing for him these days. Okay. Yep, yep. Caden's still on the team. He's a junior yeah, this year. Yeah. yeah, he has, like, I think last time, you know, like, he got, like, 13 kids. So, yeah, well, for, for, as much, for as much as you talk about Luther Ellis, Idaho here. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll let him know you. You did that. Yeah. <laughs> Trey's a traitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have Navy versus Memphis. Give me Memphis. That offense is explosive. <sighs> uh, yeah, I'll go Memphis. <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to expand on this lead, man. Give me Navy. And. None of your last plays. <laughs> Not for no, college. He's winning at college. Yeah, he's fault. Yeah, I'm destroying Wrong you. Wrong yeah. yeah. Now what you talking about, Ty? No, you're right. My fault. My <laughs> fault. <laughs> okay, up next we have Tam U versus Florida. Who you guys got? Ah, oh, well, it looks like Florida's 
keep cloudy again, so I'm I'm gonna go with Texas A&M. Yeah, I'll I'll hit them too. They even that game last week against LSU. You know, team without a quarterback can't beat another team without a quarterback. <laughs> uh oh. And give give me A&M. Yeah, I'm rocking with A&M as well. And to finish this off, we got the big rivalry game uh, between these two. Uh, always put up classic. Uh, we got Texas versus Oklahoma. Anybody the feeling Red Texas upset? Out. Nah. Not after a loss from Oklahoma. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, it, I, I would think about it if, what, if that Iowa State game hadn't happened, but uh, I think you have theme so yeah I'm okay <laughs> over on over under 40 points for Oklahoma I don't know if they'll do that because Texas D is is true true but uh definitely play looking to make a statement I'll agree yeah I can <laughs> I I say they put up 30, but they probably limit Texas to, you know, 17, 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, Since we're through with those, uh, we're about to get into some NBA. I decided to get that out of the way before we want to go on to that. But we're going to touch on the Western Conference for this week. First thing this is to ask you guys is uh what key player pickups uh for the West uh do you guys like? I mean, is anybody going outside of uh the city pickups? I mean that's pretty prompt. <laughs> so I don't know how we go too much further than that. I guess you can talk about Jimmy Butler going to Minnesota, but I I, I think, think that, that team is going to cause some, yeah, going to wreak oh, havoc. Some issues. Yeah, with yeah, I mean Wiggins, uh, JV, and Cat. Uh, those guys, man. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting they them got, to win a championship, they, but they, they're they're gonna they're gonna have some teams. Uh, they did they get Jeff Teague too? Yeah, and they got uh Crawford, one of the greatest uh six men of all time. So they they. They put a roster together. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely think they're going to be good, and they, yeah, they put all, some nice pieces yeah, together. It, it doesn't touch what Oklahoma City did, though. You're, you're absolutely yeah. right, I, and and I'll agree with you there. But you know, there's definitely some other ones to talk about. You know, another one too Paul was to uh, the Rockets. Uh, I was going to say uh, Rudy Gates of the Spurs. I think he could uh, yeah, check them out. That yeah. could be so. Well, th- I, I think that'll be good. But if Rudy Gates can really adapt to a bench role. Yeah, I, th- I think he's an unselfish player. I, th- I think he could uh, really uh, go there and cause a spark off the bench for those guys. So I, I, th- I think he's very unselfish. I, I think he would wouldn't mind uh, filling that role. So yeah, no, I, I would, I would actually agree with you there. Uh, he's never really been one to seem like the selfish player, yeah. even though back in some of his earlier days he was taking a ton of shots. It was mainly because I take your shots. Yeah. Not so much. He's a selfish player. And I got to say it because he's my boy too, man. But I, I, I'm pulling for my dog Rondo this year. So, uh, he's going to be, uh, uh, <laughs> he's going to be reuniting with his, uh, with some wildcat guys and, uh, Boogie and, uh, uh, Anthony Davis. So, um, 
you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with him because I don't know if they're going to have Drew Holiday uh, start or probably move uh, Holiday to the two and have him rock the point or what. Um, I, that's just, I have to see that. But, um, you know, with him having those guys on his squad, uh, he can definitely get his assist game uh, back up to what it used to be. Yeah. So uh, those guys yeah. are very talented. You know, um, I think one more player, Trey, uh, your Lakers got Contavious Caldwell-Pope, good three-point shooter, good perimeter defender. Yeah. Um, you know, granted, definitely not a sexy pickup. Paying it. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's be real on that. That's some cash, man, but, you know, who wouldn't turn that down? You know, so. but, but uh, I don't know about some of the rookies at the Western Conference. It's a lot, lot of them. Yeah. Lonzo Ball, Dennis Jr., uh, Darren Fox, yeah, uh, Josh Jackson at the Western Conference got a load of rookies that look really good. So uh, I definitely some key additions, even though it's not a for sure thing. But I think a lot to be talking about in terms of the rookies. Yeah. Now, guys, uh, what team excites you guys the most uh, this this season um, in the West? I mean, the West excites me as a whole. Yeah, um, yeah. Just, I mean, it seems like they're their own little league, uh, based on the the imbalance of power. Uh, but I mean, I, I guess it would, uh, between you know seeing how does Golden State fare this year after coming off the title, can the Rockets match up? What mm-hmm. is it, this Oklahoma City? Amalgamation of talent. Yeah, what's going to happen with that? And then uh, I like that Minnesota grouping too. And then are gelling that I think might, might be dangerous, not like championship caliber, but like like a be, be fun to watch. And all uh, last year, so yeah, yeah, just to throw some teams out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just uh, oh, well, go ahead, Ty. Yeah. Good. No, go ahead, Trey. Oh. I was just about to say, you know, a lot of people uh, hopping on the OKC uh, bandwagon and the Rockets uh, with the Chris Paul, but uh, like I said, the team, uh, I just mentioned them as uh, Minnesota. You know, I'm not expecting them mm-hmm. to go grab a championship or anything like that, but uh, Jimmy Butler, he's reuniting with his old coach, um, and, you know, they put together some good pieces on that Minnesota team. Uh, whenever you got uh, Wiggins, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, and uh, – Jimmy Butler on there just starting, um, you know, you're going to have some problems. And then you got, like I said, you got a uh, Crawford coming off the bench. Uh, guy can just create a spark, uh, whenever your, uh, stars are not, uh, performing well or anything like that. So, uh, just a squad now, like, I, I really do believe they're going to cause a lot of teams trouble over there in the, um, West. Yeah, I definitely agree with all the teams you got. I got. Two lesser teams to talk about. Definitely the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Booker. Uh, you know, just guys that can light it up. Uh, very, very young team. Very young team. Not expecting, you know, I'm not, not even expecting playoffs out of this team, but if they're on, it's definitely someone you want to turn on and watch and just see what they can do. Yeah. They got this some young players, man, that could take the league by storm, yeah. man, if they develop them right and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I 
I feel like, you know, Eric Bledsoe too, like, yeah. can this team possibly put up 150? <laughs> like, I feel like that's a, an honest question I, I, I could find myself asking, but, um, and then Trey will be proud to see what the Lakers can do this year. Yeah. A lot of Lonzo. hype for ball, man. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I want to see. I really want to see what he was to do because, like I said, I was disappointed yeah. uh, that Russell uh, they got rid of him because I, I really like Russell with LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to see him stay, mm-hmm. but Lonzo, he's the talk man. So I want to see, uh, yeah. you know, what uh, he'd be able to do for LA. Yeah, if he's but so far, he's not even starting though in a preseason. I <laughs> think they're saving him. They're saving him. You like, I, so? I don't. Yeah, I, I think they're saving him. I I, I really do. Uh, I think he'll be, he'll be, I mean, I still have my concerns on his still pre-finish. I oh, just definitely. don't think he can, he oh, can't hurt anybody at this level definitely. yet. Yeah. Hey, but what better way to learn how to do it than to do it? Yeah. And he's like, it's that, fire, so. that, yeah, and he's going to be playing, that West is loaded with some uh, great point guards, man, so. He's going to be, every night, he's going to be duking it out with some guys I could just straight up oh, ball. Sure. So he, yeah. Well, they're going to cause sure. him to step yeah, his game up. Target on him. Yeah. For sure. On his back because of his dad. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He, people will want to get their best shot at him. Yeah. And people, and they'll give it. Yeah. But, you know, even even outside Alonzo, I mean, they're bringing in Brooke Lopez, who's a solidified center of the league. Now, Trey, I know you have an issue with him because he can't average 10 boards. Yeah, but I, I you know like my he, big the guy, though, man. So uh, yeah, you know, hopefully you can turn but, it around. Uh, with yeah, LA. yeah, but I mean, the guy can easily average fourteen points a game. Yeah, uh, shoots a high field, uh, and then to uh, I believe uh, it's Kyle Kuzma. I believe that's yeah, name. Kuzma. Yep, yeah, Kuzma. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what he can do because he's kind of turning in, into this. Well, maybe he's our hidden gem of the draft. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, the talk he's turned into very quick. So it'll be interesting to see what the rookies can turn into for them. Uh, I just want to see what Randall the, uh, can do too, man. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm he, he had a, big things out of uh, him yeah, like he had when a first got good him. Year. So see yeah. how he can yeah. further uh, elevate his game with LA. He had a good year last year. Uh, you know, definitely you know, by far. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I think it'll also be interesting to See, you know, what can Davis Caldwell Pope can do? We saw plenty of him in Detroit, yeah. uh, but he was a lot more promised than anything yet. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can maybe, you know, do better with the change of scenery. Uh, you know, I'm always players and never, never really want to wish bad on somebody. I think that's just, but, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think the Lakers, you know, do their fair share of TV. Time this year, and I wouldn't be surprised to pick up a few more wins than they did last year. Yeah, what did uh, Lavar say? He has them winning more than fifty games. So uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be seeing. Happens. I'll be seeing uh, to see if he uh, yeah if he kept his word. Just, just to give the other side, I think Sports Illustrated has not projected at like their over under is thirty three and a half. Wins. Yeah. Well, um, to be fair, a team that's coming off of a 20, if they get over 30 wins, not a terrible year. Yeah. <laughs> not a no. bad. 
I mean, for Lakers standard, I mean, you always want the championship every year, but um, me personally, I'm not to really be expecting. Yeah, I'm not expecting yeah, that. I'll, to, I'll tell. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Treyon and Dart Darnell and I are living proof of it. You could be a fan of Michigan, a fan of Michigan State, or even alums like Brad Polinka, and and you can figure it out. It's mm-hmm. it's proof. Proof. They they are getting this program in the right direction, and. and they, I think, I think this will be one of the, the better Lakers teams we've seen in the last three or four years. And especially if they can keep these pieces together, I think they're they're looking for a pretty bright future. Now, once again, maybe not talking championship, see a lot more than we're seeing now. Yeah. All right, guys. Um... Anything else to uh, add to that uh, for any other teams or anything like that? That is such. Uh, up next, uh, well, we already we could say the well, Golden State, obviously the Spurs, uh, the Thunder, uh, the Rockets. Uh, but what other teams are you expecting to uh, get the playoffs? Playoff spot in the West. You want to go first for me, Ty? I guess I'll take my shot at it. You know, I think, like Trace said, we kind of all agree. Warriors, Spurs, uh, Houston, OKC will at least be four that are in for sure. You think the Uh, Jazz? I don't know. They lost a beast in Gordon, man. Well, they they, they picked up Rubio. Do a difference maker is Gordon Hayward was last year, but uh nice little addition to point guard. Uh, I'll, I'll agree, but you know I, I think uh, it's, it's kind of tough. I you know I kind of like uh, Memphis to maybe squeak in at the bottom few uh, six. Uh, I, I I think Mike Connolly, uh, Marcus Saul. I think. To at least pick up, uh, maybe an eight seed. Uh, I think Portland will get in again. Yeah, um, I agree with Portland. Their guard play, I feel like their guard play is too good to not get in. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine if that team still had Marcus Aldridge though? Be a different yeah. story if they still had him. Uh, Probably would have been better. So, you know, I got, stay, I, to be honest, because yeah, you know, he's been jelling with the I got, uh, Spurs. Uh, got two else? more spots to fill. You yeah. know, um, Timberwolves. I, I think it's. I don't know. You don't think so? I, 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 well, I would love to see them. I'm just. I can say I'm going to be concerned. For some reason, I just kind of feel like Jimmy Butler is always hurt for for a period of time. Yeah, you know, does. Stay healthy. Granted, uh, Levine got hurt a few times. They got rid of him, but is is everybody going to be able to stay healthy on that, that team? Because I feel like if they lose a piece or two, things can go downhill pretty quick for them. I can get what you're saying. There. That's just concerning. So I'll have to. Say, I I would love to put Minnesota in, um, and I, I guess for the sake of what we're talking about, I, I will put them in. 
uh, just as long as they stay healthy. Things staying healthy is a very big factor, but big two teams are flopping me. between. Oh, I was yeah, about to say ahead. one for me, man, is uh, the Clippers. I mean, they lost um, yeah. CP3. Yeah. But the question yep. with Blake, if can, if Blake Griffin, you know, if he's something happens to him where he gets hurt and misses a lot of games, yep. uh, they could definitely be out of the playoffs because he's going to be the man uh, now. So everything's going to be going through him. So, uh, you know, with his health, uh, definitely going to yeah. be a huge asterisk by him if he can stay healthy, um, what they can do. So Yeah, two. And then uh, the last two teams I was kind of flipped in between. But uh, I ended up going with Dallas. Um, you know, I think they have, they have some youth on their side. Uh, I, I, I think we all really like Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he's starting for them pretty much right out of the gate. Uh, but, but you know, leadership from Dirk. Uh, Nerland's Noel. To, yeah, they got Nerland's Noel, who's, you know, good young talent. If he can stay healthy, he'll be a big yeah. piece for them. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I like Dallas's roster on paper, you know, Wesley Matthews, all, all that, but, uh, just, uh, it, I think health is another concern, uh, for them. So, uh, those last couple teams have mentioned if they can stay healthy, I like their chain. As we all know, that's tougher to do than it is. Yeah. I mean, so I cancel out, of course, the expected. Four with Golden State, Houston, San Antonio, OKC. Uh, I do think Minnesota gets in. I think Denver gets in. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm I'm higher. Yeah, on yeah them. they can. I think they're a really good team. They can. Uh, and then sliding in the last spot, I give. I, I I think I think just based on talent, New Orleans should should get in there. Yeah, I was flipping between Dallas and New Orleans. There, there was my two. I was yeah. kind of flipping between. Yeah, but just with that one-two punch, they they should be able to make it. <laughs> yeah. If if not, I mean, granted, I think if if Drew Holiday can play seventy seventy two games this year or seventy games this year, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. Because losing, losing him was a was a big blow. Last True. Year. But I'm, but as as think right now, like it is it, it's, it's go time. Like oh yeah, definitely. So they they have to show something, or then you call a a a franchise change yeah. in talent, a top player. <laughs> yeah. Who who you got? Gotcha. Uh, for me, uh, like I said, you guys mentioned the four, uh, but I have, uh, I do have the Grizzlies. Uh, the Grizzlies just, uh, somehow just always find a way to get in there. So I, I do just have them. I have the Timberwolves. I think they'll get the sixth spot. Uh, I do have the Blazers. I just like, uh, Yusuf, uh, Nurkic. Uh, I like him. He's a young talent. He's continuing to get better. And then when you have Damian Lillard, uh, that's just a bad, uh, Bad combination for those two. Uh, those guys uh, could definitely be deadly for them. And to close it out, ooh, I, w- I would have to say the Pelicans too, man. Like with those, uh, with Holiday, um, Cousins, and AD. Uh, you know, AD he has to uh, step it up and let 
uh, people know that you know he's yeah, I guess like Darnell said, a, a guy that could be a leader and could bring his team to the uh, playoffs and get this team uh, started and everything like that. So, plus I'm just gonna be rooting for my man Rondo, man. I want to see him uh, <laughs> get it together too. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Trey. So yeah, uh, Rob so. gone. <laughs> yeah, as much as he gets on people for holding on to players and stuff, yeah. like this, he, <laughs> this, that's one he just can't quit. I know it's a it's a bad drug. It's a bad drug. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's always man. Uh, I will say this, man. The West always keeps it uh competitive. You know, like you have the the Spurs. Um, you know, the Rockets and, uh, you know, the teams were just missing for the top four. Uh, but when it comes to like teams getting ready to get that like six, seven, eighth spot, it's always, uh, close. So the, it's, it's going to be one where they, they're going to be duking it out to the last game. So, uh, they can really be given to anybody. Yeah. The, the lower half of the West to watch is actually still good basketball. Unlike, yeah. right, it's going to be in the East where you feel like you're watching. In the G League, yeah. Well, and, <laughs> and, and and we say you know it happens every year. The six, seven, eight seed in the in the East is always you know close to fifteen hundred, while the six, seven, eight seed in the West are three or four games above. Well, all right, guys. Uh, just to finish it off uh, for the West, um, who do you guys have any finals, and who do you have one? I'll agree uh, for the Western Conference. Would, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, what did you guys Trey? have? You got Golden State in the conference finals, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know okay. you probably got the Spurs beating them or something like. Yeah, that. you got. I was just about to say I, I didn't rock with them last year. I had Golden State doing it, but I'm I'm going to go with uh. This the Spurs uh, going to the finals and win. It's time for my man, the silent assassin. Uh, are you really? The ring, so. are, are, are you serious? Yeah. I'm pulling for him, man. So, Good yeah. lord. Okay. Just watch. Oh, man. no. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, which parallel of this universe are you living in? I tell you, don't yeah. sleep on the Spurs, man. Just watch. Yeah, um, I I I have gone who for it. Uh, to me, is a secondary thought. But if I have to pick somebody, give me Houston. Houston. Okay. It's the same that I have. I got Golden State over the Rockets. Okay. Uh, do you guys think this would be uh, since you guys got Golden State and uh and the Rockets? Y'all think it? The Rockets uh, will make it a close series, or you think uh, Golden State should just run through them, or what? Like, how do you think it'll be close, or what? I I think it has the potential to go six. I don't think there's potential to go seven. Yeah. Was... So you, you you still don't think the Rockets uh, got enough firepower uh, to? I don't. I don't think they played well, good enough defense. True. Yeah. Uh, CP3 will, will do his best. Uh, he, he's at least a willing defender, but I think he's getting up there where athletically he can. Yeah. And we all know their, their number one scoring option is 
yeah. its life. So, and Clay, I, I yeah. Clay's gonna be taking advantage of that, so. Yeah, so. That's, that's where I go there, and I, I just think. Enders, uh, and, you know, Steph may not be the best, but he, he will at least try and. AD and Draymond, you got three elite. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. I was, uh, what were you about to say, Ty? Yeah, that was just length at Gold State and can't put out of that perimeter heavy offense. Uh, length definitely just disrupts perimeter heavy. Yeah. Taking that series in, in a maximum six games. Uh, but I, I just think it's too good. Both sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they were, they were nasty last year off. I mean, yeah, I assume they're going to be better. Yeah. All right. Now, yeah, since I picked the, uh, Spurs, I uh, just want to know, uh, like how far do you guys think the Spurs would go? Uh, cause. One thing I would say, like if they the Thunder, um, if they were to play the Thunder or, or Golden State uh, too, is that they're just young and athletic. Uh, you know, they could cause uh, problems for the Spurs there. Uh, but do you do you think uh, the Thunder will end up taking out the Spurs, or like how do, how far do you think the Spurs will go? Well, I mean, I, I think they'll probably lose in the conference semis. I, I think they're still one of the four best teams in the West. Uh, with with potential to go to the conference finals, but I, I think that comes down to I, I don't trust Lamarcus Aldridge in that uh, on that team uh, after the season he had and kind of deep pulled and in a couple series, especially after after the silent assassin, as you call him, got hurt after after Kawhi went down. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he didn't really step up and and take that leadership role. He's sure. talented enough to, but you know, talent is only a part of it. If you don't have that, that mindset that, that I'm one of the most talented people on this court, not much else you can do. Uh, and this deep in the, in, in the game, it, it's just looking like that's not something that's, that's in LaMarcus Aldridge. I, I love his talent. I love his ability, but when it gets to crunch time, I just don't feel like he's, he has that, that yeah you know i i kind of fall in that same mold. it absolutely uh you know why leonard out they don't have anybody to turn to east with a team like houston you got five guys on the floor at all times well four if Quinn Capel is out there they can hit three ball Six man of the year. Yeah, just, I don't see enough offensive on San Antonio. And that, that falls right in line with what Darnell was saying. Like LaMarcus Aldridge, who should be your number two option on offense. So I think he does that during the regular season. Uh, he just doesn't look like he wants to be a part of the spotlight. And when they needed him the most last year, he disappeared and it was over once Gold State came back from what was it, 20 something down, 30 down. Yeah. Like 
you, you, you can't do that. So without Kawhi Leonard, they fall apart offensively and they fall apart defensively. Uh, you just can't, you need to be more than a one trip pony when you hit the play. And then unfortunately, all I see out of San Antonio is Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. I can respect that. Um, all right, guys. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add uh, before we close this out uh, for NBA or anything else? Hello? Yeah. In and out. Yeah. All right. Y'all, y'all don't have anything else to add, right? Nope. Okay. Well, as always, guys, I appreciate y'all for tuning in to the show. Um, y'all can check us out on Twitter at BKM underscore cast. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, YouTube, um, iTunes, Stitcher. Just hit us up in that search engine. Uh, we should be popping right up. So we'll catch y'all next week with another episode. Uh, until then, peace out. <laughs>